0: Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt. This is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it makes a noise for Pastor Adrienne, my beautiful wife. That was incredible. Oh, man. Fantastic. Yeah, Grant, you can just stay up here and make me sound super spiritual. It'll be good. Just kidding. The man needs water. Somebody get him a water. Well, hey, it's good to see you this morning. Are you grateful that you're found in the house of God today? Oh, man, I don't know, uh, y'all, uh, you, anybody else have that moment during worship when we start singing in Spanish, and I'm going, am I interpreting tongues right now? Did I just get a gift to the Spirit, like, you know, Santo, Santo, hey, come on. Oh, man, I, come on, how good was worship this morning? Come on. I know worship is about giving God all of his glory, all of his honor, all of his praise that he is so richly due. But there is something that is just cosmic, that is just spiritual, that just happens. When we give God his glory and he invades our presence and he just comes and moves among his people. Amen? So who's charged up this morning? Come on. Well, this morning, man, I just came into the house ready to dislocate the devil's jaw. Is anybody trying to go there with me today? Go we'll get a shirt that just each week we come up with something even more graphic. It's just going to be good. Um, anything short of sin, we will, we will do to the devil and his powers of darkness, and uh, we will see Jesus Christ rule and reign. Amen? Man, is anybody, um, is anybody just thanking God for freedom this week? Has anybody, has anybody been healed of something this week? Come on, somebody. Can anybody be bold enough to say with the same tenacity and excitement, that maybe you still are in need of being set free this week? It's okay. Dude, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Uh, Would anybody be as bold with the same tenacity to say that you are still in need of healing this week? Would anybody say that this week that you're still in need of some sort of deliverance this week? Then know that you're in the right place with the right people who worships the right God, who are not going to allow the devil to have a foothold in your life. If God, if Jesus paid for on the cross with his life, We're going to go after it together, amen? So that's what we're going to do today. Sound good? Well, fantastic. Hey, we are in a series right now called Agreements. Somebody say Agreements. Agreements. And if you don't know, man, the the, the sum total of your faith life and your actual, like your natural life, uh, but every facet of your life is the sum total of the agreements that you make. Your faith and what it looks like, how big, how small, how mighty, how impotent, wherever your faith may be at this moment in time, is solely based upon the agreements that you and I make. It really is. Do we believe this about God? God said this about himself. Do I agree with that? Well, we should because he said it about himself. If we find ourselves in a place where we don't agree with what he said about him or us, then we are in disagreement with the Lord. And how many of you know, are you in disagreement with the Lord? You're not going to be receiving much from the Lord. We're going in. We're going all the way in. So if you're taking notes this morning, we in like week nine of agreements. I love, I just... It's been a a good series. I feel like I'm getting set free every single uh, freaking week, so it's good. All right, if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is, But Who Are You? But Who Are You? Would you just turn to your neighbor and ask them, Who are you? And will you turn to your second-choice neighbor that you clearly forgot about and be like, For real, who are you? Who is you? You know what I'm saying? uh and if someone got here five minutes into service, they look at them and ask them, "Who are?" No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, kidding. No shame on you. Get here on time. Anyways, um, we're gonna have fun this morning. But who are you? Uh, I'm gonna move this uh, this right back here, Johan. I'll put it back at the end of service. I promise. All right, fantastic. Well, if you got your Bibles, who has a uh, who's got a leather back in the house? Ooh, let me see that leather back. Come on, who's got snakeskin in the house? dang it. You know how cool that would be, legit, if we just came to church with a snake-skinned Bible? Like, there's, a, there's so many good parallels there that I'd be like, yeah, let me, I'm going to steal that from you. Um, I'll repent for it later. Um, but yeah, if you've got a Bible this morning, if you don't, feel free to look onto a Christian next to you. Uh, just kidding. We got it up on the Sky Bible because we got Michael and we have got Kelsey holding down the back. Give it up for them one time best in the business. All right, but it'll also be up on the Sky Bible. Acts 19, 11 through 20. Y'all ready? But who are you? All right, verse 11. Here we go. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the inerrant, there we go, Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Skeva were doing this. But the evil spirits answered them and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. It's always a good morning when we're talking about nudity in church. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices verse 19 and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted the value of them and found it to come to about 50,000 pieces of silver friends I don't know the math off the top of my head but we know that 30 pounds of silver that Judas betrayed Jesus for was about $600 so 50,000 of those that's quite a bit of money so the word of the Lord continues to increase and prevail mightily. All right, who's ready to get into that? Fantastic. Then we go going to pray, whether you're ready or not, and uh, I'm going to open it up, and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Sound good? Fantastic. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we said it this morning, and I, and I believe you fulfilled it, and I just want you to do it to a greater measure now. God, Father, right now, show us your glory. Show us your glory. I don't know where we're all at this morning or where we came in, what condition we might be in, but God, in in, in our marriages, show us your glory. God, in our sexuality, show us your glory. God, in, in our finances, show us your glory. God, in our in our familial relationships, show us Your glory. God, in our personal identity, Father, show us Your glory, Father. In our parenting, show us Your glory, Father. We are a people who are completely given over to and consumed by, and we are only hungry for this morning more and more of Your glory. Father, we didn't come for another church program, and we didn't come for Matt's best one-liners. We didn't come for a TED Talk or a podcast. We came for the power of heaven. So Father, begin to move in this place. We say every other spirit in this house, negative spirit, disobedient spirit, lustful spirit, whoever you are, you go to hell in Jesus' mighty name, and Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and take up residence where other spirits have rested in our lives this morning father god come rule and reign this isn't hyper spiritual this is just called being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven an ambassador of christ in our lands we ain't supposed to sound the same we ain't supposed to look the same we don't live the same we don't take up residency the same no 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 we have diplomatic immunity we are set apart for the kingdom of heaven so father god come and move among your saints train us and equip us and open up our ears to hear and our eyes of our hearts to receive your word this morning. Leave us better than you found us, and make us look more like King Jesus. In Jesus, my name, of faith, filled, bold, audacious, and ready to get after it, church said, Amen! Come on, somebody. Would you just give God praise all across this place? (laughs) If you have a testimony in this place, and he has rescued you, would you just praise him like you've been rescued? yeah that's the kind of church i want to be a part of come on well who are you y'all know the song who are you who who? my father-in-law knows big who fan back there i think you are i don't know uh he's got a lot of records mostly from the 80s uh really cool shirts that uh one day i plan on uh taking from him when he's not looking Uh, but anyways who are you who are you now admittedly I'm very excited to preach this morning. This is actually probably, oh man, it's it's top five, it's top five uh, all time for me of favorite portions of Scripture. So much so that I have made it a, a, a kind of an agreement with God, if you can say that. Uh, I've kind of made an agreement with God that I'm going to preach this passage at least once a year going forward. Why, you might ask? Because I think this picture is is, is paramount for the church. I think this scripture is paramount for you and me and what you and I are called to do and be in the earth. Unfortunately, I see it so much so as not just a picture but a reality of so many Christians today. I see, this, I see this portion of scripture as, as, a, as a blatant example just drawn out for all to see of the reality that so many in the church today face. And you know what? Man, I love the church. 2,000 years of this beautiful bride. I love her. You know this, right? You know Matt is the, the biggest fan of the church. Amen? Come on. I'm the biggest fan. But what I don't want it to ever be said of this church of this house i'm not responsible for everybody else i'm responsible for this one what i never want to be said of this house take over church who are you who are you because friends man there is there is some schizophrenia Some disassociative identity disorder going on in the world today, is there not? I mean, we can just turn on any news, any Twitter account, any whatever. Oh, I'm so sick of it. Like, I liked when the world was smaller. Why? Because we had our Bibles, we had each other, and we had our neighbor to go and love, and life was great. And now, we have this thing called the internet. If you're joining us via the internet, hey. It's good to have you somewhere. Praise God. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) that's my new one. Hey, Um, if you're new to church today and you're like, who's this guy? Hey, (laughs) Pastor Matt. Anyways, (sighs) but we live in this time and place where there's a schizophrenia, disassociative identity disorder going on in the world. And friends, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that people have decided that humans, that people who aren't Jesus followers, aren't Christians, aren't people who profess to be followers of the way, people who have never bowed a knee and made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior and King of their lives. It doesn't surprise me that they have decided to unhitch themselves from 2,000 years of church tradition and understanding. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't even surprise me that they have uh, unhitched themselves and detached themselves from 5,000 years of human history. Did you know that's actually all we have recorded history? 5,000 years. You know what? Until you think about things, you're like, wow, the church's been around for 2,000 years. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died. We've been 5,000 years, and the Jews go all the way back, and there's God's chosen people. Man, we are the history of the world, and there's not a lot of history. But I'm not surprised when the world and people outside of here and the church non-Jesus people, I'm not surprised when they decide to detach themselves from actual, factual, truthful, reality, biology, science. Like, I'm not surprised when that happens. Why? Because we are a people given over to truth, and they are people given over to themselves. I'm not surprised. What I am, however, surprised over, what I am, however, upset about, what I am, however, deeply burdened by is the fact that this dissociative identity disorder, the schizophrenia has not only invaded the church, it's been allowed to procreate in the church, to manifest in the church, to reproduce itself in the church. Because friends, what I find today, and let it never be said of us, is that we don't know who we are. See, a bride that doesn't know who she is is a powerless bride. The body of Christ, if a body of Christ doesn't know who they are, it's a powerless body, am I right? A Christian who doesn't know who they are is a powerless Christian, right? A Christian who doesn't know whose they are is a powerless Christian, am I right? Come on somebody, friends, friends, friends. Right now we live in a time and place where so many in the church still have no clue who they are. And if you don't know who you are, you will never possess what God says you can have. You will never walk in the power that God says that you can have. You will never walk in the truth that God says is available to you. You'll never walk in the discernment that Jesus Christ hung on a cross for you and I to have. Is there anybody in the house this morning that would boldly declare with a shout of praise that you want to go after everything that God's made available to you? Then let it never be said of Takeover Church, who are you? Because what I find interesting is, and we'll get to the scripture in a second, but not only does the demonic ask, who are you, but there's also a moment in Revelation when Jesus says, I'm going to line them up, and, and to those that I know, I'm going to say, come, be with me. And, and then there's going to be other people that I go, who are you? Depart from me. I never knew you. Who are you? You see, friends, so many Christians today we live dressed to impress man instead of dressed to impress the heavens we'd rather be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses of men and of women and win a popularity contest in 2022 hey friends 18 years ago i went through high school popularity wasn't worth it then it's certainly not worth it now followers aren't worth it now we disguise it as influence until we compromise Am I preaching to anybody this morning? (laughs) I just want to be an influencer for Christ. Uh, Yeah, but how much influence do you get until you compromise? Until there's issues in the world that the church needs to stand at the gates of hell and say, Not today. Do we bend, do we break? Do we like, do we retweet? Do we build? Do we establish? Do we bend and do we break? See, heaven's not impressed when we're dressed to impress men heaven's impressed when we not just memorize a scripture but we live the scripture see heaven's not impressed when you know a bible verse heaven is impressed when you live the bible verse heaven isn't impressed actually when you come to a church heaven is impressed when you start being involved in the church heaven isn't moved or or glad or excited about the fact that you decide to show up to church today heaven is glad and excited when you decide to leave this place and go and be the church outside the four walls of the building of church amen i preach to anybody this morning i don't want to be a christian who is has more uh impressiveness with my peers than i do of the people who are already populating heaven Paul says in Hebrews that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. Go, go, go. Run, Hamza, run. Run, Adrian, run. Run, Allison, run. Run your marriage into church. Run your marriage into Jesus. Run your engagement into Jesus. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on for every good work in Christ in this earth. And yet we are found oftentimes being a church that is consumed, completely knocked off course, off our axis, if you will. Why we spin, how we spin, what we do, what we don't do, completely off kilt. Cattywampus is my favorite description. Anybody else like cattywampus? Wampus. I don't know who invented it, but they didn't know English. Neither do I. We have this identity disorder where we have decided that we want to ask God for big things, but we simply just don't believe he can do those big things through us. We have this dissociative identity disorder, this, this, this body of Christ dysmorphia where we can look in the pages of the word like a mirror to our souls and not see what Jesus says about us reflected back in that mirror. Instead, all we see is he can't through me, I'm just a nanny. He can't through me, I'm just an insurance guy. He can't through me, I'm just a doctor. He can't through me, I just work at a carpet cleaning place. He can't through me, I just work at Ashley Home Services. He can't do it through me. And we live... Our lives supposed to be using the scriptures as a mirror, as a road map like, like Zach beautifully laid out earlier. We're supposed to be using this as an example, as a mirror, as a guide, as a measuring stick that you and I are supposed to be living out and going for. But we find ourselves going, yeah, I want to be married to the guy. I just don't want to be made like the guy. We're the bride of Christ. I want to be married to Jesus, but I don't, I don't believe that I can look like Jesus. I, I want to be married to Jesus, but I don't believe that I can be made like Jesus. Oh, yeah, what he's able to do through Pastor Matt and Pastor Scott and, and Pastor Evan and all those guys on the uh, boys crew right up there, but he can't do it through me. He won't do it through me. He could do it through Jesus, but he can't do it through me. He can do it through Paul, but he can't do it through me. Man, he could do it back then, but he can't do it today. He can do it in a one-horse town like Nazareth, but he can't do it in Grand Rapids. He can do it in racist Samaria, but he can't do it in Wyoming. And this is where so often, unfortunately, more often than not, we as the bride of Christ find ourselves. A bride that doesn't know who she is will be a powerless bride and then we'll read a scripture like this we'll read a scripture like this and we'll be like man Paul is so special Paul is so special Elijah is so special Elijah was so special you could throw a dead guy on his bones and he would come back to life like Elijah is so special Paul is so special and Peter so special and all of these dudes in the Bible and the women in the Bible that God used to do great and mighty things are so special. And because we have this again schizophrenia about scripture. We some reason believe that he can do it in potentially even more fa- uh, faulty human beings than you are, but he can't do it through you. And he can't do it through me. And he can do it then, but he can't do it now. Friends, can I tell you that there are special people in the Bible? There are. There's are special people in the Bible. There's special people throughout the history of church. You got Reinhard Bonnke, you got Dietrich Bonhoeffer. The world would cancel Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Burn him at a stake. You want to know why? Because in World War II, he is a preacher. He had an underground seminary to raise up other preachers and equip them in Germany. And he himself actually attempted to assassinate Hitler three times. Oh, man, that's culturally insensitive. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a colonizer. That's their truth. Eradicating Jewish people is their truth. Following a guy with a bad mustache and short is their truth. So much so that the third time he attempted, he actually got caught and then was executed. Tinker, tailor, soldier, preacher, revivalist, spy. But we would cancel him today. That's not, that's not something to be uh, patted on the back or highlighted. That's something our world would be like, well, oh, yeah, it's, it's over there, but that's their business. That's the... No, I want to be the type of man that when I see evil, I got to do good. See, there are special people. Elijah was special. Jonah was special. Paul was special. But you see, being chosen by God doesn't make you special. Answering the call of God makes you special. Being chosen by God doesn't make you special. How you respond to God either makes you special or completely disqualified. Like, that is how this works. Oh, they were just special. No, they just answered the call. They were special. No, they just showed up. They were special. No, they just opened up their mouth when they saw real injustice going on. Oh, they were special. No, they just stopped in the middle of the park and to pray over the person. They're special. No, they're just available preach anybody this morning because here's the deal the Old Testament I love it there's a lot of special people in the Old Testament but every single one of them more than likely in fact you can read it <laughs> they told God no they even started following God they were like yeah I'll do it and then at one point in time said no including Jonah who got swallowed by a whale and God was like you gonna preach in Nineveh one way or the other you gonna learn today belly of a whale or on a platform choose He chose wrong. And the same with Paul. You see, the New Testament is full of, of people, believers, you and me, Peter's and Paul's, Mary and Martha, all sorts of them, Aquila, Priscilla, all of them, you and me, regular Joes. In fact, they're probably worse than you are. Because how many know there's a lot less, uh, you can get away with a lot more back then, okay? Nowadays you got social media, you show up on everything, somebody's gonna get you, there's a camera somewhere, and you're done. Like, you are going to J A I L prison, hard time, stripes, black and white, it's going down. But back then, these were all people who had every opportunity to walk away from God, including Paul himself. In fact, before we get to the moment with the handkerchiefs and the miracles and the church leading and all of this, we have to pause for a second because I gotta tell you, here we are, and what a scripture references to this. Is this 18? Is that where 19? 19. Acts 19. Here we are. We read about Paul, his amazing handkerchiefs, all of these things. Do you know what happened just eight chapters before this? Paul was known by his old name Saul, and he just got done murdering Stephen. Stoning Stephen. Who's Stephen you ask? A disciple of Jesus. Someone who actually, factually, day in, day out for three years did life and ministry alongside Jesus. Eight chapters before this. He stones in the middle of public square embarrassing him before he dies. Murders Stephen. Now I think as an educated guess this morning I can say there ain't no murderers in here don't raise your hand <laughs> okay geez no shame but you know might not go well but just eight chapters before this and you know what's even crazier about that you see so often because we we we, we don't live in a time and place where we're, we're taught this all the time eight chapters was is, is only three years It's only three years. There's only three years between stoning Stephen and handkerchiefs as Paul. There's only three years difference between those eight chapters. Three years. Now, I don't know how long you've been following Jesus for, how long or short that may be, but let me tell you, man, God can sure do a lot in the life of somebody in three years, can he not? Wow, yeah, you could praise him. He is able to exceedingly above all we ask or dream or imagine. You know what's incredible about this? Is he stones Stephen in Acts 8, kills him, dead, gone, up to heaven. It's an amazing picture. Actually, when Stephen is praying in that moment before he gets executed, he sees into heaven and sees Jesus standing up at the right side of the Father. Usually in Scripture you see Jesus seated at the hands of the right hands of the Father. Stephen's life got Jesus to stand up at Stephen's death. That's the kind of life i'm trying to live that's the life i'm trying to live i want jesus to stand up when this guy goes so paul kills him and what ends up happening? Be I mean, uncomfortable with this language because but it's reality this is what happened paul's our hero of the faith absolutely but at the same time part of his his story is the glory that god gets for his turning around amen and so in this moment he kills stephen Everyone applauds, the apostles and the church, they scatter, but but the main apostles, Peter and all them, they stay. And what do they do? Well, they bury Stephen, obviously. And then they continue to pray for Paul. Two things I want to point out there. One, hey church, we don't ever stop praying for our enemies. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they took. I don't care how they hurt you. I don't care how they scarred you, wounded you, marred you, set you apart for what you were called to do. I don't care how in between you and your plans they got. I don't care what they said, who they said it to, or how they said it about you. We are sons and daughters. We are not the offended. Come whatever may, I will pray for you. Let that always be said about us sons and daughters of the most high God being sons and daughters of the most high God means we are set apart we don't get the right to respond the way the world does friends what would the world look like and what would the church look like hear me today what would the bride of Christ look like what would the body of Christ look like what would the world look like what would hell look like what would heaven look like If you and I, we just decided we were gonna resolve ourselves and resign ourselves, we are resigning ourselves from offense and we are resolving ourselves, creating a resolution on the inside of us that we will pray before we get offended. What happens? What would happen? Because I see the church began to pray for Paul, and Paul turned around. Paul came home. Paul came to know Jesus, had a radical encounter with Jesus, and we'll get to that in a second. But he has a radical encounter with Jesus. Friends, what would happen if instead, I'm not talking about not having righteous anger, but righteous anger, if it causes us to sin, is sin. If righteous anger causes us to pray, it's righteousness. Need I say more? Righteous anger leads to righteousness. Sinful anger leads righteousness. Least to sinfulness kind of easy okay easier said than done pastor matt i understand that but what if we started praying that god would pursue our enemies not so that we would get vengeance but so that he would get glory what if we began, come on, what if we began to pray for our enemies, those who persecute us, those who have tormented us, those that we disagree with, those that are completely immoral, terrible people, okay? There are wicked people in the earth. It's a thing, okay? Jesus still died for them, and we still have to pray for them, okay? It's a part of it. We don't get to pick and choose, friends. We follow Jesus. He picks and chooses. But what if we decided, you know what? We can pick it and we can vote and we can protest and we can do these things. And I'm all for exercise your American responsibilities to see culture change in this country. That's what we're responsible for, okay? We are the change agent, but not for our opinions or our political parties, but for the body and purpose of Christ in the earth, okay? But I'm all for it. Because I think Planned Parenthood is evil. Absolutely evil. No shame on you if you've had an abortion in here today. Absolutely not, God is able. To restore, to redeem, to lift you up out of the muck and the mire, the bad decisions you have made, the things that are hurt and, and painful in your life. Absolutely, I am an example of that. Let's talk. He has taken me from glory to glory. But what would it be like if we began to pray and petition that God would pursue them, not for vengeance? But so that he would get the glory. What would it look like if Planned Parenthood actually took those millions and millions of dollars they get from Hollyweird elites and they began to actually help parents plan for parenthood? What would that look like? What would it look like if man were so angry at all these, whatever side they're on, that are passing stupid legislature and all of these things. Murdering children, allowing people to do this and having Chemicals and all these things that disrupt their, their bodies. and, and it, What would it look like if we began to pray, like God pursue them? God, I'm angry, and I want your best to come about in the earth. God, would you pursue them? Pursue them for the cause of Christ. What would happen if instead of praying for the destruction of Washington, we prayed for the redemption of Washington? I wanna be led by righteous anger to be a righteous man, not sinful anger to be a sinful man. Because what happened here is Paul turned around. And do you know what Paul did? That's the other part I want you to get out of this part. You know what Paul did? Paul did something absolutely amazing. You see, Paul wasn't special. Not even when he met Jesus was he special. The only reason Paul was special was because he gave special obedience. The only reason Paul was special wasn't chosen to be special, He didn't get special treatment. He gave special surrender. Paul didn't get special treatment. He gave special submission. You see, what ends up happening is is we disqualify ourselves from the scriptures, thinking God can't use us like he did Paul, but there wasn't nothing special about Paul. Paul just decided that, you know what? I'm not just going to seek the things of Jesus. I'm going to seek Jesus of the things. And what did Paul do? You see what prayers of a righteous person did? James 5, 16 says, prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Lead me in ways of righteousness, David proclaims. What Paul ends up doing is this. Gives up his murderous ways. Gives up his Jewish ways. Gives up his identity as a Jewish leader and hierarchy in that town. Gave up a special assignment. He gives up his name. And he would go on to be Paul, but this is what happens in between chapter 8 and chapter 19. Paul goes into anonymity. And like a humble servant of Christ, before he ever preached a message, before he ever traveled to a church, before he ever wrote a letter. Probably even before he passed an offering container in church or even welcomed people in the doors. Paul, the word of God records that he went and sat under the preaching and teaching and authority and leadership of Peter. Wait a minute. Homeboy just killed Stephen. Says he meets Jesus. And then he wants to come to sit underneath our learning tree, sit underneath our leadership, our authority. Yes. Because righteousness will lead you in ways of humility. Friends, this is what it looks like to be the church you see so many of us we want to walk in authority but we never walk in authority because we never sat under authority some of us we've never walked in authority because we've never submitted to authority Paul's special Paul has so much authority in his words he just goes and he casts out demons and he sends handkerchiefs and he does all of these miracle and miraculous things it's unbelievable Paul only only did the unbelievable because he gave unbelievable submission. He only had unbelievable authority because he gave unbelievable surrender. Friends, can I just give you a tip for life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice in Jesus? Get under to get over. Get under to get over see we live at a time in a period where it's like paul gave three years and we're going like yeah i've been a part of the church for like three months serving in the host group for like two weeks and uh hey pastor matt when do i get to start my evangelism ministry also i had a conversation with somebody about this before service this is not in reference to that just to be clear something else oh yeah i've been here for a minute man when do i get to have my weekly blog on the website See, Paul. Paul didn't plan on being a preacher. Paul didn't plan on leading churches. It doesn't say that Paul was like, I got this revelation for Christ that I'm going to lead the nations. Ooh. But first I gotta go sit underneath Peter. Uh. You know what I mean? First I gotta go submit. First, I gotta go submit underneath church leadership. Uh. Say he was gonna use me. Uh. Like, that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. What it says is that he had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ that knocked him off his donkey. And from that moment, he went on and he decided, this is it. This is my life. This is what I have to give everything for. I'm going to lay it all down to pursue the one who laid it all down. Come on, somebody. Take my life, but give me Jesus. Don't take my life, but give me a platform. Don't take my life, but give me the dream job. Don't take my life, but give me the good marriage. Don't take my life, but give me the money. No, no, no. Take my life. And give me Jesus. See, Paul, before he was the man with the handkerchiefs, he was the man under Peter. Some of us, we want the authority of God, but we don't want to submit to the authority of God. Some of us, we want the authority in church, but we don't want to submit to church. We want the authority that's in the scripture, but we don't want to submit to the authority of scripture. I'm going to say that one again. God, would you restore my marriage? Are you submitting to Ephesians 5? You don't get it. No, I told you to die for her. You don't get it. Did you die? You know that whole meme, but did you die? That's Jesus. Okay? God, I want the job, but did you die? God, I want the authority, but did you die? God, I want the dreams. Did you die? Have you laid yourself down? God, I want to go and change the political realm. Did you die? See Paul, a man of education, scholars looked on as an authority in the Jewish community, is literally a hitman to go and kidnap and ransack and beat up and persecute and either imprison or actually martyr Christians. Friends, what if I told you today, Paul's ministry, Paul's ministry, handkerchief Paul, Paul's ministry was only possible because of Saul's repentance and Saul's submission. What if I told you that today? Paul's ministry, Paul's influence came way, not by popularity and not by contest and not by TikTok and not by Instagram, not by money and not by riches. Paul's ministry and Paul's influence came off the backside of Saul's repentance and Saul's submission. You gotta get under to get over. Quickest way, friends, for God to open up you into your ministry and into your calling and your life is whether he can trust you to be underneath someone else's calling and someone else's ministry in their life. I'm I preaching to anybody this morning Come on, somebody, because how many of you know those that can be trusted with authority are those who were faithful under authority? Those that can be trusted with authority are those that have been trusted under authority. Paul was trusted with great works of God because Paul sat under great works of God. That his name wasn't attached to, that he had zero game in, zero anything in. He was there to serve. He didn't plan to be a preacher. He's planned to be a servant. So maybe you're, maybe it's for you, you're not, you know, maybe you're not called to this. That's okay. This still applies to you because what would your life look like? What would the realm of influence you have? What would would everything look like for you if you decided, hey, before I get mine, I'm going to see what God wants me to do about theirs. Before God uses me, how about I just get used by God? There's a huge difference in those phrases. Friends, if we just had this heart posture and we decided, God, please use me or please don't. Whatever you see fit, I trust your finger to pull the trigger. What would our lives look like? Well, I can tell you because we don't got to stretch our imagination too far for this one. (laughs) Friends, your life some total of the agreements you make. And I am telling you, get under to get over. But for far too long, we've been in a rebellious world that God has been trying to draw us out of. Friends, there is more freedom in submission than there is in the world's liberation. There is more freedom in the authority of Christ than there is in the authority of self. There is more freedom under the heavens than there is under culture, the world, the demonic, all of it. So what does it have to do with the scripture? It has to do with Paul because Paul's the man but he's the only man, he's only the man because he chose to be used by the man. He said, yes Lord, send me Yes, Lord, you can use me in this capacity. Three years, we don't know what he did besides sit and serve. Nobody knew his name. Goes in Saul, comes out Paul. Goes in a murderer, comes out a liberator. That's Paul, and that's who these boys are referencing. So when you sit here and go, what could God do through me? Look no further than Paul. See, a righteous person we celebrate this but context is everything because you know we hear about a revival breaking out in a uh a cannibal culture in South Africa and we're like dude wow a bunch of cannibals came home to know Jesus is awesome and then we're like wait they ate people and (laughs) I but we don't but we don't celebrate when those in our culture today who are far from God who spent a lot of their life and their careers actively working against God we don't celebrate we don't post about it we don't reshare when they come home to know Jesus we have to change that because this is Paul and this is Matt and this is you all have fallen short of the glory of God but all are capable of being used to bring about the glory of God it is either submission or rejection everyone's chosen God made a way so that all can come home, all can be clothed and do mammoths, all can have the Holy Spirit, all can go out and do great works for the kingdom of God. Will you answer the call or not? Because you can look at Paul, what he can do through you, and then we can look at the seven sons of Sceva, and we can find out what you can't do. Find out with Paul what God can do through you. Look at the seven sons of Sceva and find out what you can't do on your own. Because I love this scripture, I do. Unfortunately, it is a picture of the church for so much. You see, here's the seven sons of Sceva. Sceva's this Jewish exorcist guy, and here's this crazy thing, and they've heard about Jesus, and all of the deliverances, and all the things that Jesus has done, and they've heard about Paul, and all the incredible things he's done, and they've heard his dad say like, ah, oh, Jesus this, and Paul that, and they've talked about these things, and so they are often much like you and me, see as Jewish boys, they knew the Old Testament. We know the Old Testament. As people after Jesus walked the earth, he knew about Jesus. Well, we are after Jesus walked the earth, and we know about Jesus. As people who were, uh, Paul was active and doing his ministry, and then they were around after that, they knew about Paul. Well, you and I, we know about the New Testament preachings and teachings of Paul, don't we? And so, what happens? What happens is this is so often we will settle because of the schizophrenia thing for knowing about Jesus instead of believing in Jesus. And there's a huge difference. You see, if you can look at these seven sons Sceevas, their worldview on Facebook, their worldview on Instagram, their worldview, whatever that little tag is, it might say Christian. How many of you know it's entirely possible to have your Christian label for worldview but not have the worldview you as a Christian? Entirely possible. In fact, probably the majority. Unfortunately, it's probably the majority. And so what happens to the seven sons of Sceva is this. They come across a demoniac, a demonized man, someone who just happens to be possessed, uh, someone who has been demonized, someone who has uh, a a demon that is over them and influencing them and messing with them and all of these things. They're a demonized person, okay? And there's seven of these boys. They got a posse. Unfortunately, they're not a prophetic posse like Takeover Church, hey-oh, They're a punk posse, and they get punked out by the enemy. And see, what happens is this. Because they simply knew about Jesus, but they didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't walk in the authority of Jesus. Friends, how many of you know you're not going to walk in the authority of Jesus if you don't have the authority of Jesus? Rewind. Hit it again. You're not going to walk in the authority of Jesus if you don't have the authority of Jesus. How do you get the authority of Jesus, Pastor Matt? You begin to believe Jesus and walk in the ways of Jesus. Amen. You see, here's these boys, and they come across this demoniac and they go, I adjure you. Anybody know what the word adjure means? It means authoritatively suggest. Authoritatively suggest. I authoritatively suggest. By Jesus, whom Paul preaches, you leave that man. And like old Captain America sitting there going, "Mm, I don't think I will. I don't think I will. No, I don't think I will. And friends, this is why it's so important. You can't just know about Jesus. You've got to believe in Jesus. You can't just know of Jesus. You've got to cross that threshold into believing Scripture. You can't just know Scripture. You've got to begin to walk in Scripture. You can't just put Scripture up in your home. you got to start taking swings at Scripture in your life. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because here's what happens. You're going to go into your life when you leave this place. You're going to go into your workplace, and there's people who have demonic influences on their lives. You're going to go into your family there's going to be people who have demonic influences in their lives. Maybe they got like a spirit of infirmary or a sickness and they've been trying to medicate a demon. But you can't medicate a demon. You can't domesticate a demon. You can only expel a demon. Hello, somebody. You cannot domesticate your demon. So you're kind of going like, I'm doing all these pills. I'm taking all this medicine and I'm just trying to get through it. But nothing's actually working. Chances are, it's not just that you have a sickness. It's that you have a spirit of infirmary on you and we need to get that out of you. Yeah. So how about after service today? Or during the last song, which worship team, you can start to make your way up here. You go and see Zach and somebody else in the back. And we go, hey, Lord, is this thing that's on me medical or is it spiritual? Either way, if it's medical, would you heal it? And if it's spiritual, would you expel it? Hey! (laughs) Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Because here's the deal. I believe God's able and I believe he wants to but we will find ourselves not like Paul, we will find ourselves like the seven sons of Sceva. And friends, let me tell you this, it doesn't matter how many you have in your posse, if nobody in your posse is uh, submitted to the authority of Christ, ain't nobody gotta listen to you. There is not powers in numbers unless the numbers are submitted to the one. i not preached to anybody this morning. You see these seven sons of Sceva, they roll up, and they're, because here's the deal: you'll you'll be just like them. You go, all right. Sickness, you die, and you go to hell. In the name of Jesus, who Matt screams about every single Sunday. Ah! And then they look back at you and go, ah, I don't think I will. Because, friends, you. You can't move in my authority and you can't move in Jesus' authority if you're not under authority, if you're not under Jesus' authority. This isn't about special people. This is about the church. It's not about the special one or few. It's about the peculiar many, okay, because the seven sons of Sceva, they roll up and they don't know. And here's what the demon says back to them. It goes, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I know. Jesus, I know. See, he's the one that went down, punked out the devil, punched him in the face. Yeah, I remember that. We shudder at his name. We remember Jesus. Oh, and Paul? Oh, I know about Paul. See, Paul used to work for our side of things. Paul used to go and persecute the church. Paul used to go and kill Christians so that he could stop the kingdom of heaven from advancing. He used to be on our side, uh, and now he's playing for the other team. We know about Paul. But out of seven men, seven, seven Jewish men, Seven Jewish men who have a history with this culture, but no history with Christ. See what I'm saying? You can have a history with church culture, but no history with Christ. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. Come on. Authority comes from a history with Christ, not just an acquaintance with Christ. He might have saved you one time, might have called you one time at a youth camp back in 08, but if you ain't never picked up the phone again, how many of you know you ain't really friends, you ain't really brothers, you ain't really brother and sister? No, 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 no. Your acquaintance is at best. And acquaintances don't carry the authority. Jesus doesn't even call you a slave anymore. He calls you brother. He calls you friend. He calls you sister. Am I preaching this morning? Come on, we're going to be an authoritative church. We're not, going to be, we're, not going to, we're not going to go out to the world and have the enemy respond to us by going, who are you? We're going to go, no, 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 no. We are brothers and sisters and children of the most high God. We are the bride of Christ. We're not the seven sons of Sceva. Try me, devil, and I will take you out. the seven sons of Skeva. the the enemy looks at him go who are you but who is you you don't even go here you don't belong here and what ends up happening is is so often what happens to the church what happens to well-meaning christians you see i think it's pretty noble what these boys did right i think it's noble they saw someone who was demonized They saw somebody who was under attack. They saw somebody who was hurt. It's noble, isn't it? Noble is awesome, but nobility doesn't carry authority. Christ does. There's a lot of people who try to do noble things in the world, but they don't carry the name of Christ and therefore they have no power. There's a lot of noble Christians in the church who want to do good things, but it's not necessarily God things. Am I preaching to anybody? You might have a good dream, but it's not necessarily a God dream. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You see the seven sons of Sceva, it says this. It says that this demonized man said, who are you? I don't know the lot of you, none of you. I don't know one out of seven. And it says he mastered them. He leaped on them and he beat them down. He didn't just beat them down. He stole their clothes it says that seven boys went and ran naked out the house bloodied and beaten friends they went in to break chains and they left getting broken but that's what happens with christians we are just familiar with christ but we ain't family with christ that's what happens when we try to enact the name of christ but we don't carry the name of christ This is what happens. We try to move in the Holy Spirit, but we aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I am trying to make spiritual warfare as practical as I possibly can so that we could be a church that goes to that next level and says, handkerchiefs ain't no big deal. You want to know how I know that? Because as a church, this isn't just hogwash to us. We've actually done this. We've sent out two handkerchiefs. We printed one that said Jesus over Yvette. And we sent it to Australia, to, to uh, Shani's mother, who has been battling cancer. We printed off another one that said, Jesus over Randy. And we sent it to Lori with the glory, whose husband Randy has been battling MS. And as you might think this is silly, and you might think it's futile, but if you think it's silly, and you think it's trivial, and you think it's futile, it's because you don't know this Jesus yet. It's because you don't know this Jesus yet. Would you guys stand to your feet? You see, what happens when you know the Jesus of the Bible, not just the Jesus of West Michigan? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. When you know the Jesus of the Bible, the Holy Spirit of the Bible, the God of the Bible, when you know him, something crazy ends up happening in your life and you start to get real audacious. And you start to get really bold and you start to have a fire on the inside of you that you can't contain and you can't control. And like we talked about last week, you start guarding that deposit that God gave you and you're not gonna allow culture to rob it. You're not gonna allow Hollywood to rob it. You're not gonna get so inundated with the world around you that you forget about the fire on the inside of you. You are gonna guard it and you are gonna fight for it. And you got some things that you're gonna contend for that you will give your life for. Jesus died for prize fighters. And people are his prize. And he is our trophy. And this is what we will give our lives for. Matt, that's futile. That's trivial. That's silly. Can't possibly happen. Then why am I hearing amazing stories at Boys' Crew? We're a young man. Got so consumed by Jesus, got so stoked by Jesus, got so consumed by the Holy Spirit, they literally had a devil show up in his room and he exercised that fool and showed him where the door was. Happened this week. Well, technically it happened last week, but I heard about it this week. Friends, How I know this works, how I know this is real, how I know that God wants to do a mighty work through you, not just the chosen few, but the peculiar many, is because what happens next in the story, you see the seven sons Sceva, they get beaten so bad, they gotta do the run of shame out the house. They got beaten so bad, they had to run out the house, run out the covering, stark, naked, bloodied, beaten, no clothes. But they must have ran through the whole city because they said that their own beating, getting defeated by the devil, actually sparked revival in their city. In their ignorance and negligence, God's strength and glory was made perfect and seen across an entire city in Ephesus, who is prone to worshiping some false god named Diana. It's nuts. Anyways, but it says this as we close. It says that the people who heard this story, heard this story, it wasn't about people doing amazing feats for God. It wasn't about people pulling off incredible miracles. There was no 5,000 loaves, there was no handkerchiefs. It's a story and a testimony that speaks to you and I's need to know Jesus for ourselves. And not just know about Jesus, who Matt preaches. Because what ends up happening is people hear about this God and they're like, wait, Jesus is real. If this kind of authority is on earth, well, then I got to know this Jesus. If this kind of power is available to his people, then I've got to know this Jesus. If this greater reality, where you don't just live beat down to beat down, but you go from glory to glory, strength to strength, breakthrough to breakthrough, you might go through some things, you might go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you go through the valley of the shadow of death. If this Jesus, if he's real, that I want that, and there's nothing I hide, nothing I keep, nothing I set apart for myself. It is all for your glory. And what happens is this revival happens. When a people decide, you know what? And I know it's silly because we've all been to youth camp, we've all had the bad stories. Okay, I got saved at 16. KJ52 was a thing. It was the worst time to be a Christian, okay? Just kidding. And we go to church camp and there'd be. You gotta burn your CDs, man. All those Playboys, you gotta burn them. Or you better go get that Eminem CD, give it to me. Here's KJ 52 go. I love KJ, if you ever hear this, make me friends. But we all hear about this story and we think this is silly and we think it's just emotionalism, and we think we're just getting teenagers hyped on something. No, 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 friends, this is an actual city that we base all of those practices off of, and what we see here is revival happens when the glory of God is felt, when the power of God is seen, when God moves in authority through men who are in submission to him, submission to church, submission to authority. When you get under, God can get you over some things. We see people who are compelled going, you know what, actually, these movies they're actually not blessing me. I do need to get rid of this. You know what, Disney's doing some weird stuff. I do need to cancel this account. You know what, there are some things that, you know what, at one time in life was helpful for me. But, but I do need to relinquish these now. They, they are no longer benefiting me. There are some people that I need to give up in this life and not be around until I am in a healthy place. Not to have them as my dependency, but as my mission field. Amen? You know, there's some girls I've been running with that I don't need to run with no more. There's some guys I've been hanging out with that I don't need to hang out with no more. I've had some engagements in my life that I need to break off. I have some agreements that I've made. That have actually taken me further into sin and not closer to righteousness and what we see here is we see a people completely redeemed by the example of power you see so often the church is schizophrenia we uh we are stuck religion in religion and repetition with zero exhibition of faith these are a people who saw faith on display saw an exhibition of faith and they went if God is able to deliver that is a God I will serve that is a God I will worship that is a God I will lay down my life with to have a relationship with and if that's you today and you want to know this God of the Bible You want to know this Jesus, this Holy Spirit? You want to be set apart and set on fire and set on mission. If that's you today, well, man, we're just going to open up. We're going to sing the blessing because that's like the best worship song written in 10 years. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come in this place. There's prayer in the back if you would like. We got Adrian and Zach back there and other team members. I'm sure Wayne will get back there. People are back there. What I want you to do is as the worship team begins to sing, I want to invite you to sing, but I want to invite you to pray. I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to do something through somebody else back there to ignite you. I want you to just be so in this moment with the Lord where we're not consumed with what's after this. We're not consumed with what was before this. We're not consumed with what's last night. We are consumed by Christ and Christ alone. There is no other cornerstone our Sunday is built on. This this moment, this day, Choose whom you will serve take over church and I promise you I promise you you will know who you are when you decide whose you'll be and you will walk in everything they have for you and I pray today that choice is King Jesus so worship he begin to sing church begin to worship God and invite him in And if you need prayer for heaven's sake, seriously, heaven's sake, for a fuller heaven, for an emptier hell, for a redeemed world, would you get prayer? Would you ask the Lord? Would you come to him humbly and say, Lord, I want to answer the call of God all my life. I don't want to just be chosen. I want to live chosen. In Jesus' name, let's worship